It might not be until Sunday, but Gamecock fans, Christmas is coming early in the form of early National Signing Day. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Line, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. And it is one of the busiest times of the year. For both the coaching staff, the players on the team, recruits, and the fan base. As we have officially arrived to early National Signing Day. Which will be taking place between today and all the way through the end of Friday. And the Gamecocks have got a lot of prospects they are still in pursuit of. Guys that they might be flipping. Some players that might not be committing all the way up until February. We're going to dive into all of these prospects on today's show. And to help us out to get an insight into all of these recruiting battles, I'm going to be joined by Locked On's recruiting insider, John Garcia Jr., to talk about the latest with a bunch of these players. John, really appreciate you coming on the show once again. Yeah, of course, Andrew. Good to be on with you. It should be a pretty pretty hectic few days, but it'll uh, probably end up pretty positive uh, for your audience. So excited to talk about it. Yeah, it's certainly been a roller coaster for the Gamecocks in multiple ways over the last few weeks. And obviously, when it comes to recruiting, fans are always going to be on the edge of their seats. So we're going to dive into all these players in just a moment. But before we continue, I do want to let you all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn, the national recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. Be sure to post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College today if you're seeking the right team member for your small business. All right, John, so let's go ahead and get all right into a couple players that the Gamecocks have uh, got some interesting battles brewing over in the next 24 hours or so. And the first player we need to discuss is Lenoris Sellers. He's obviously an in-state kid from right here in South Carolina. He's been committed to Syracuse since March earlier this year. And the Gamecocks waited all the way up until October to offer him, but they've been pressing for him ever since. And the feel around the fan base is that Sellers offers a ton of potential because of his dual threat ability and his strong cannon of an arm as he won a state championship and was the Shrine Bowl MVP for South Carolina on the offensive side of the ball. So, John, with everything you have seen on the Norris Sellers, what's the latest on his recruitment? This is so close, Andrew. This is this is razor thin coin flip land, and that is kind of been Sellers' recruitment throughout. Way back, he's a Virginia commitment. Those coordinators go to Syracuse. Virginia staff obviously is dismantled under Bronco Mendenhall, so he follows the coordinators to Syracuse while he's hurt. So he definitely buys into their long-term evaluation, comes back with a vengeance as a senior, blows up and gets that South Carolina offer that has everybody in Central New York on notice. Uh, So this is really tough, right? You can understand why he's going to take the entire allotment of the recruiting process to make this final decision. There's a reason why in October he didn't go one way or the other and shut it down. 
so there's a hometown appeal. There's an in-state appeal with South Carolina. Family can watch him, all those things. But then obviously there's a loyalty. There's a long-term relationship with those, those Syracuse staffers. And one of them moved on after this year on top of it, right? So he's dealt with so much movement. South Carolina has obviously changed OCs on top of that. So he's dealt with so much movement. It really, for him, is going to come down to comfort and the head coaches. And both of these coaches offer an exciting offensive product and kind of the trajectory that things are going to be more exciting in the future. So you could really make the argument for for both programs in this case. I think uh, the hometown poll is going to be hard to beat as this thing gets closer to actual signing day. Because about a week ago, right around when the Shrine Bowl began, there was some confidence coming from Central New York. Like, hey, we know they're coming. They've they've been on him since October, but but we're prepared. Uh, since that point, it's changed a little bit. There is a little bit more caution, maybe even cautious optimism coming from the Syracuse side of things. And there's increased confidence coming from South Carolina, but it's not to the point where it's overwhelming one versus the other. So I think it's really close, but the momentum is certainly with South Carolina heading into National Signing Day. I'm beginning to expect sellers to elect to stay home and kind of go from there. Uh, But this is razor thin. You can understand the push and pull from this kid. You know, do you go with your head versus your heart, your longstanding relationship versus your newer one? Very hard back and forth, but I guess fortunately or unfortunately, he's already gone through the decommitment process once. So he understands the undertaking that could be ahead of him come National Signing Day. But it will be a huge ripple effect in SEC and ACC country, which, of course, does, in fact, overlap uh, in the Carolinas. Absolutely. And, you know, John, it's funny. I don't think any Gamecock fan would have had a recruiting battle with Syracuse on their bingo card heading into this recruiting cycle, especially over a prospect that nonetheless is from their own state. So certainly an interesting one, and it'll be one to watch as we get into the proverbial 11th hour of his final decision, which I believe will be taking place on Friday. Now, another prospect, John, that... um, it seems like a two-way battle is forming here for is Vakari Swain. Now, he has been a Gamecock commit since August of this year. He's a two-way star out of Carrollton, Georgia, and he's gotten a lot of love recently from all the recruiting service websites because he has had a really productive junior and senior season over at Central High School. However, things changed here because primetime Deion Sanders took the job at Colorado. He then, of course, dispensed a bunch of offers, one of them to Vakari Swain. Both of their games, in terms of how they play, being two-way players, very similar. And then he visited Boulder last weekend. There are alarm bells going off right now in Gamecock fans' minds with this recruitment. So, John, is there a reason to believe that this one could potentially flip the other direction? Or can South Carolina fans calm down and say that they're going to hold on to Vicari because of the long-standing relationships here? As we record this, I think Vicari is more likely to sign with South Carolina than Colorado. But... Even he has admitted, and this is through multiple outlets, that as time goes on, he's a little bit more open to going outside the box and, and heading, heading out to Colorado. Look, this is – Dion's going to splash, right? We know this. There are going to be – there's already been flips. They flipped Notre Dame recruits at this point. Surely they flipped Jackson State recruits. We know the portal is going to be important to Dion, but signing day is too. He is an opportunist when it comes to pulling headlines. He's an expert at it. And we know Wednesday in particular, he will splash somewhere. Now, 
maybe good for South Carolina. There's a lot of flip candidates out there for Deion Sanders. They're looking at Michigan State commitments, Colorado or Colorado State commitments, Pac-12 commitments. There's a lot of kids, uh, Nebraska commit that took a trip out there over the last two weekends. But Swain is is right there in the thick of it. And I think again, as we record this, I'm leaning Garnet and Black. But as time goes on. Colorado, that becomes more appealing to him. So it's kind of the the opposite of Lenora Sellers, right? Do I stay in, in SEC country or go way over there and, and, and try to jump on this train that we know is going to uptick? But that's kind of how we've been feeling about South Carolina for a few years at this point. So you, you could really build that argument either way as well. But again, I do think all things even South Carolina has a good opportunity to hold on to him. But you're going to have to watch until that letter comes in because we know Deion Sanders will splash before the end of the day Wednesday. He did it last offseason with Travis Hunter flipping him from his own alma mater in Florida State. And listen, I know fans will sit there and say, why would he ever go to Colorado? Does he know how cold it gets over there? Y'all, it's Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is a big name in the sport of football. So um, like John said, this is going to be one that we're going to have to pay close attention to as we get closer to his signing ceremony on Wednesday or in the next couple of days. Now, I do want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, where you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Bet Online has got it all. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to get in your betting fix. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back to this special early signing day edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. I want to thank y'all once again for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen every day. For your next listen, I would like for you to go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing our conversation here with Locked On's recruiting insider, John Garcia Jr., and what is going to be quite an eventful early signing day period for South Carolina. Now, John, moving on from some prospects that South Carolina is going to be battling for all the way to the very end, let's talk about some prospects that it seems like at this current moment are pretty much solid with their commitment to South Carolina. And obviously, you've got a lot of really good players in this recruiting class, like a Marquis Anderson, like a Grayson Howard, like a Desmond Yumeo Zulu, and plenty of others as well. Xavier McLeod on the defensive line as well. So when looking at all of these prospects, all the study that you put in with these prospects up to this point, which early signee for the Gamecocks could make the biggest immediate impact when they come to campus here in Columbia? We've talked about it kind of all show, right? The front seven's going to have a lot of turnover going into 2023. So naturally, that's where I'm going to start the conversation. I think Umeo Zulu is the low-hanging fruit to talk about here. Look, power, edge rusher, massive frame, extremely long. A lot of what you like at the position. But let me let me work inside. How about Xavier McLeod, the in-state uh, superstar, the highest-ranked kid on, on Sports Illustrated that's committed 
to South Carolina. I, I just love his inside out ability. I think he's got this pass rusher mentality, even though he's 305 pounds. Um, and, and look, that wasn't an easy battle. Miami was kind of a sneaky number two in this recruitment over the last month, month and a half after he took a visit down to Coral Gables. You're going to hold on to him and he could be uh, the first guy that really starts to make an impact defensively in this class. I just, again, you can't have enough interior pass rushers and McLeod really fits the bill. Uh, but if you go with the floor, if you go with the production and what we know now, I'll go to the second level. Give, give me Pup Howard. I mean, this is as productive, as versatile, as athletic a linebacker as there is in this entire class. A uh, huge recruiting victory over the, you know, the in-state Florida Gators. This was one that it felt huge when he popped, and it feels just as big now as we get closer to his enrollment and eventual impact at South Carolina. He could rush the passer. He could cover. He surely can come downhill and finish with explosivity. Uh, this is a ferocious player. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. When, when South Carolina, in my brain, when South Carolina is on, it's these defensive playmakers that are flying all around the field wearing the garnet and black. And Pup Howard just feels like that next guy who's just going to make a huge impact and rack up the tackles in production uh, in Columbia. So, yeah, I, I love the front seven class South Carolina is bringing in. Obviously, you're trying to add to it on signing day, but you could do worse than some of those those anchor players that we just talked about. So I think that that's the group that I want to see make an impact pretty early in 23. If there's a sleeper, give me Dontavious Braswell. I, you can't have enough playmakers on offense. Uh, he can he can catch the ball out of the backfield. You could probably line him up in the slot if you need him to. He's got great 10-6 uh, track speed, long stride. He's another one that you can create momentum for offensively if you want to. So this is a really nice group for South Carolina. Let's see how much they add to it uh, on Wednesday. Right. And, you know, when you look at Grayson Howard, he's probably the most hyped-up linebacker commitment the Gamecocks have gotten in several years. In my eyes, there could be a chance Grayson Howard ends up starting from day one. He is that kind of player. He's got great intangibles off the field as well with his leadership ability. And like John just mentioned, he's a guy that flies around. He's certainly not going to sit back there and wait for the ball carry to come to him, needless to say. Him and Debo Williams being paired up in that linebacker core could be nightmarish for opposing SEC defenses in that regard next season. Now, John, of course, there's a bunch of players that are going to be making their final commitments to their respective programs in the next couple of days with early National Signing Day. But there's a couple of big names that will still be lingering around when it comes to the February National Signing Day period. And one of those players is, of course, Nicholas Harbour, who we've talked about now several times on this show. It has been viewed as a race mainly between South Carolina and Michigan, at least for the past couple of months. But the hometown team in Maryland is making a real big push here recently. And from what I've heard, Nicholas has made up to three visits in just the last couple of weeks to College Park. And while he does plan on signing in February, which at this point is probably a good thing for South Carolina, it kind of feels like South Carolina has lost some footing here. Do you think that to be the case? Or do you think that Maryland has just sort of even the playing field now with South Carolina and the Wolverines here? Well, look, it's about extending more familiarity. I think Nicholas was one of those recruits, Andrew, when he rose, right, in the last, I would say, 10, 12 months. As he rose, he wasn't hitting the visit trail as most kids would have done, right? Busy, 
track seasons, club racing schedules, all those things. So a lot of that, a lot of that time normally for recruits is when you go see the local schools, right? Because they're just right down the road. He didn't get to do that with Maryland. So he's kind of doing it on the back end. Uh, it's convenient schools out. I mean, just easier to get to college park nowadays. So I think while some of that absolutely should be credited to Mike Loxley and that coaching staff, some of that also needs to be credited to circumstance. So on top of the official visit, uh, there's been some return trips and, and some kind of hanging out almost uh, up in Maryland. So that that will certainly bode well for the Terps, but I think it would be a bigger issue if he was signing this week. I think that's where you would feel a little bit more of that impact and unease going into a race that you've kind of been the leader in the clubhouse for for a long time. Um, so curious to see how this thing evolves. We, we've got this this kind of top three that he's unofficially working with right now with South Carolina, Maryland, and Michigan. How does that change? Because we know the dust is going to settle for all these schools come Wednesday uh, or come Friday, I should say. And then some more transfer portal dust will have settled by the new year. So how does that influence schools that might want to double down or circle back into the Nicholas Harbor recruitment? So it's not so much Maryland that I'd be worried about from the South Carolina perspective. It's time. Time is the enemy. Uh, Just as much as it's helping you avoid that Maryland momentum, it, it could hurt you down the line. But we know South Carolina, from its perspective, has done really all it could here. Multiple visits, crushed the official, families on board, SEC track and field prowess, a lot of things pushing towards the Garnet and Black, but we also know this race is far from over. And on top of it, he's an unconventional kid. Academics are huge. Uh, so many other elements are really important here. So it's it's like we got to talk about him, but it's almost still too early to really dig into it. So just like his on-field ability or track ability, he's fascinating to track from a recruiting standpoint as well. But there's no doubt Maryland's done a good job, but South Carolina is going to stay in the thick of this thing, maybe at the pole position all the way until he officially comes off the board uh, in February, which will be here before we know it. Nicholas Harbor's recruitment has certainly been one of the most intriguing ones to follow up to this point. You mentioned, of course, he comes from a ba- from a great background, I should say. And there are some other factors here that are going to be just as important as the football side of things with track and field, academics, and, of course, the overall field in the program. South Carolina has done, like you've mentioned, about all they can really in presenting all of that to him. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how this one shapes up over the next month and a half or so. Now, John, for one final recruit that will not be signing anytime soon, let's talk about Mazio Bennett. Mazio Bennett, of course, committed to Tennessee after their massive victory over the Alabama Crimson Tide back in the regular season. This was viewed as a real stinging loss for South Carolina at that current moment because, again, I've mentioned before, there's a lot of pride in keeping kids in the state of South Carolina home and have them come into play for the Garnet and Black. But Maceo Bennett did decommit from Tennessee back on December 8th, and he happened to visit the Gamecocks this past weekend. He's got 2024 quarterback commit Dante Reno in his ear constantly, whether it be in person or on Twitter, about how he needs him to come to South Carolina. He wants him to maybe be his number one target here in Columbia. So, John, while obviously this one's got a lot of time still left in this specific battle do you think South Carolina has really good reason for optimism based on the last couple of weeks? Or do you think that, again, things could change as the months pass? Things could always change. So, I mean, that that kind of just is what it is. But, look, the moment he decommitted from Tennessee, you felt like, okay, 
this could just be a flip to South Carolina. Not the case, as, as it turns out, but there's no doubt that South Carolina is the favorite today, and it will be the favorite going into the new year. So again, long way to go, class of 2024 player, but that spike of offensive momentum and spike in offensive recruiting that hit simultaneously will resonate beyond the class of, of 2023. Bennett, uh, it was almost like when he committed to Tennessee, South Carolina was going to double down from a communication standpoint and an effort standpoint. So that love that he feels uh, is going to resonate here going forward. So it would, it would be anyone else trying to catch South Carolina in this recruitment. And by the way, I don't think Tennessee goes away. This is becoming a fun recruiting rivalry, like almost overnight uh, between these two programs. Uh, So I I do think that's going to be an interesting one going forward. It's not done. But te- but Tennessee is is trailing South Carolina in this recruitment for sure going forward. Does anyone else jump in? D- does he take longer to make that next commitment? We shall see. But as of right now, especially coming off of another trip to Columbia, got to feel really good about South Carolina's chances. And, and look, how soon do all these staffs truly turn the page to 2024? I think that could factor in to to a decision timeline for Bennett as well. So all things. Uh, that should be considered in that recruitment. But the, either way, he's a measuring stick recruit for South Carolina in 24. You got to win that one for for that perception. Uh, and I do think as it stands right now, the Gamecocks are in the driver's seat. It's great stuff to hear, John. And, you know, it's like you mentioned, it is, it is quite the balancing act now for college coaches when you have to, you know, try to recruit kids that are currently on your team. You're trying to finish out recruiting battles for the 2023 class. You got transfer portal targets and 2024 kids and beyond. It's a lot for coaches to deal with these days. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It definitely could all depend on sort of how quickly these coaching staffs do turn the page from this recruiting cycle over to the next one, one that involves multiple big-time in-state targets for South Carolina on the offensive side of the ball. John, really appreciate you coming on to today's show. Thank you for all the insight you provide on all these recruiting battles. And uh know you're going to be staying busy over the next couple of days. Where can people find you? Yeah, written work at SI.com. We'll have the live blog rolling all day long. It is free there on Sports Illustrated throughout signing day. Check us out. We'll have a final ranking for Wednesday, we'll update it on Friday when all the dust settles. Spoiler alert, South Carolina will be in that top 25. We'll see how high they could climb uh, depending on where these these dominoes fall. So check us out at SI.com and uh, always talking ball at uh, on Twitter at John Garcia underscore JR. Yeah, be sure to try to get some sleep in there as well at some point whenever you can. John, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Andrew. With that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are your thoughts on some of these close recruiting battles that have developed between South Carolina and some of these other teams at the end? Do you think the Gamecocks will get Nanora Sellers, Vakari Swain, Elijah Davis, and Reed McKeska? Who do you think could make the biggest immediate impact out of the expected signees for South Carolina? And what are your thoughts on the recruiting battle for Nicholas Harbor and Mazio Bennett that is formulating for at least the next month and a half and beyond, of course, in terms of Bennett's recruitment. Let me know all of your thoughts down below in the comment section if you're watching today's show on YouTube, or you can shoot me a message at A-Line underscore SC on Twitter. And once again, don't forget to make Locked On Sports today your second listen now that you have listened or watched 
the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Going to be a lot of exciting stuff for today, the next couple days, so be sure to keep it tuned in to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast for more information on all these big recruiting battles. Thank y'all once again. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.